This is Corolla Digital. This is Reasonable Doubt with your hosts, Mark Garrigus and Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on a Tuesday a minute. Get it on. Welcome to the best hour or so in the universe. It's Reasonable Doubt. I'm Adam Corolla. That's Mark. Hard out. Soft taco. Garagus. All the way from New York City. Uh, By the way, mm. uh, and Tyler just walked in. I was going to say, as I just said to Gary, since I, I have this thing and Tyler just walked in, if this were a bat, I would use it on Tyler's head right now because there's absolutely no reason in the world why I've got this whole setup and the mic doesn't work. Yeah, he's swinging around a big uh, mic on an articulating yeah. arm. But we'll, we'll yeah. see if we can get that heated up, although you sound good. All right, so there's. Uh, I have a. I have a. Do you realize that the three amigos, Drew's in New York. Susan just texted me. I'm in New York. Um, where are you? I'm Why in, are you not here? I'm in Glendale, California, holding down the fort. Somebody okay, has some, to keep some the lights on. Some do the heavy lifting, right? Yeah, so there's updates and uh, there's so much going on. But you know, I know we've been doing a lot of Murdoch recently, but there's just no way, no how that you can't, that Gary can't play you the Georgia grand jury four person. I oh, must for the action. To I this. wanted to bring that up to you, Mark. I'm, uh, you must. Well, we okay. have a tight 120 here, so you want to start with that and we can discuss thereafter? Oh, yeah. we must. We have to. How I? You know what I called this, Adam, on our text chain with Gary? Mm-hmm. Cor- Corolla catnip. Mm. Yeah. There are indictments recommended, of course. Is it yes. more than... 12 people? Is it more than 20 people? I think if you look at the page numbers of the report, there's about six pages in the middle that got cut out. Allow for spacing. It's not a short list. Not a short list. <laughs> more, I mean, when it comes to 75 witnesses, like, is it, it's not, I assume, of course, it's right. not 75 people. Would you characterize it as 20-ish people? I can't say I counted. (laughs) Okay. More than a dozen, though, I think I'd heard you say in another interview. I believe so. This is for the Trump voting thing, The name... Correct, in Georgia. This, by the way, just so everybody understands, this is not just one of the jurors. This is the four-person of the jury. It's not the indicting grand jury. They've got one that does kind of informational seeking. This is the four-person who, by the way, just so you understand took an oath not to disclose any deliberations or anything of that nature from the grand jury proceedings that took place over a number of months. Yes. All right. I believe so. That's probably a good assumption. The name that everyone wants to know about is former President Trump. Of course. Did you recommend charges against Donald Trump? I really don't want to share something that the judge made a conscious decision not to share. I I will tell you that it was a process where we heard his name a lot. Uh, we definitely heard a lot about former President Trump, and we definitely discussed him a lot in the room. And I will say that uh, when this list comes out, you wouldn't 
There are no major plot twists waiting for you. So, oh, that wasn't even the clip I was thinking of. I was thinking of toward the end when she was like, we better find something. Otherwise, it's a waste of my time. And by the way, there was also another one where she talked. I forget who she swore in. She was the four person she swore in people in. Apparently with a popsicle that she got from the ice cream party that the uh, district attorney's office threw for them. I I don't even know where to begin, but Gary, if you've got that, where she's talking about that, and she's talking about Mike Flynn and General Flynn, and he seems like a nice guy, and you know, and then she says Mark Meadows invoked the fifth, and then we, you know, I'd feel like it was a, a as you said, Adam, it was a waste of time if we didn't do this. Let me just give you a preview of where we're headed with this, if I could, even though I said it was Corolla catnip because it made my head explode. If you are one of the many people, as she has indicated, a baker's dozen worth of uh, people that are they're going to then go to another grand jury, which is the indicting grand jury, to get indictments on. I can guarantee you there's few things in life that are guaranteed between, besides taxes and death. I'm going to add a third thing, but the defense lawyers are going to make a motion to dismiss or set aside the indictments on the basis of not only prosecutorial misconduct, excessive fraternization for the ice cream parties that they're throwing for the grand jurors and the grand jurors divulging the uh, the the conversation deliberation that took place during the fact finding portion of this. I it's I, I don't even I don't even know where to begin, but I'll toss it over to you. Well, CNN would not like that to happen. So why do they put this rube on and talk to her about what's going on inside the courtroom or what her feelings are if it could jeopardize a case and an outcome that CNN wishes for? Well, that's a very good question. And the the fact that it is, you know, I said Corolla catnip for one uh, one thing, because watching this is just uh, what a train wreck. But it's also they can't help themselves because it's going to be a get and then it's going to be controversy and you're going to get clicks. And I'm uh, once again, I will just say I will bet anyone any amount of money and give you uh, great odds that if and when there are indictments, that this will be front and center of the motions to dismiss of those indictments. I don't know that they'll be successful, but you're going to have a uh, you're going to have an awful lot of litigation surrounding this. Well, the clip I was looking for, which is she was on the same show, Gary, I do. Yeah, I'm believe. having trouble finding it on the fly, but this is her doing a different media appearance on MSNBC. And I think she says something somewhat similar to what you were alluding oh, okay. to. So let's just check this out. Sorry, okay. I didn't have that in advance personally want to hear from the former president. I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. Wow. Yeah, we're heading down some path that I don't know that we can recover from. Um, 
Yeah, the clip that I'm having Gary look for is on the same interview. I think it was toward the end, but I don't know, Gary. CNN reporters like, well, what do you want out of this? She's like, well, I want we got to get him on something because I I don't want to waste my time. So I I was thinking of you, Mark. Like, can you have people in the jury going? We got to do something. Like, we we just got to get him on something because uh, he seems like a bad guy. You know, they get uh, so people understand grand jurors get instructions. Now, the Georgia is kind of a peculiar. It's not. Um, and I don't know that, uh, how in the weeds most people are on grand juries, but grand juries when on the federal level, at least when you have a grand jury, they hear evidence. They can indict. They can also. Uh, theoretically, hypothetically, they can initiate investigations. Uh, in here, in this state, in Georgia, as I understand it, they are, they gather evidence. They, by issuing subpoenas, uh, in this case, uh, there was much litigation about those subpoenas, uh, by a number of people. Lindsey Graham, I think, was one, uh, and, Mark Meadows, she's revealed, invoked the fifth. There are instructions that the the grand jurors get. The grand jurors are, uh, in most places, have a supervising judge. The, the defense lawyers are generally not allowed inside of the grand jury proceedings. It's supposed to be secret. Uh, you can, there are exceptions to that, obviously. You can't muzzle a witness who goes in front of the grand jury or muzzle the lawyer or the witness that goes in front of a grand jury. But presumably the prosecution is not supposed to reveal stuff. This is, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this has got to be the Georgia prosecutor's worst nightmare. Well, aren't they all instructed not to go on news programs and not to discuss this in front of friends and family? Uh, That's normally the case under grand jury secrecy. I think in this specific instance, they're allowed to go out. You can't muzzle somebody in totality, but you're not supposed to get anywhere near deliberations or facts that were elicited, if you will. And uh, that's precisely based on many of the things that I've just read in the last hour. Um, and you notice that she was hesitating and and trying to dance around things. She didn't do a very good uh, job of dancing. I mean, it's, well, I can't, <clears throat> I just can't tell you enough how much grist for the mill this will be for the defense. Well, you were early money on Baldwin sitting down with Stephanopoulos for an interview and how that could come back to uh, bite him in the ass. I do know a little update from that story. And Gary, this thing, the clip I'm talking about was all over Fox yesterday. So maybe that'll that'll help the search. But And I thought that was the clip we are alluding to initially, which is her trying to find something to bust him on. Um, Gary's looking for that. You mentioned Baldwin. Yesterday, the DA came out and dismissed, Gary and I had talked about this on one of the beyonds, dismissed the count that really was in, that put him in jeopardy because it called for, it was basically an enhancement that was enacted after the, the incident itself that they then tried to retroactively apply to him. That's a huge win for the defense because I think I had mentioned to you they had to get rid of that count because there was, uh, if convicted, 
That was the mandatory prison sentence. Interestingly, the DA came out afterwards and did something that I think is uh, probably uh, also a no-no. The DA basically said, maybe Gary can find their statement, but she said something to the effect of, we didn't want to indulge these uh, litigious big city lawyers, so we decided we're going to just dismiss it ignoring the fact that they filed a charge that didn't exist at the time of the incident, which uh, talk about a a double prosecutorial whammy. First of all, you're insulting or you're trying to create an us versus them, these big city lawyers, because it's Spyro, who's from uh, New York, and uh, Luke uh, Nikas, who's from L.A., And then on top of it, you're ignoring the fact that you didn't know enough to take a look at and not file a law that wasn't on the books at the time of the offense. Where are you coming down on all the January 6th footage being given to Tucker Carlson and uh, how outraged many people are about that, if at all? Well, I this is what I understand. If they're if they're only giving it to Tucker Carlson, I understand the. I mean, that's uh, or they're giving him the first exclusive. I understand it. If you hate Tucker Carlson, that that bothers you. But if you if it's somebody else at MSNBC or CNN who you like and you're giving them the scoop, then apparently that's okay. Uh, if you're not giving everybody access to it, I understand the complaint. That's uh, that's where I get. And I don't know that that's uh, the legitimate complaint. If it was given out and it's footage that is um, going to be used or uh, not used by the defense, I haven't seen any defense motions yet. I'd like to see if there's any defense motions that says, hey, this is what I can imagine, speculation. Hey, the, they've had this or the government has had this material. They didn't turn it over to us. And this is uh, in some parts exculpatory because that's basically the import of uh, much of this that's being released. Well, the January 6th committee is going to say Tucker Carlson's going to cherry pick uh, excerpts from the footage and then play that which is all the January 6th committee has been doing for the last two years. So that part's well, sort of you comical. Might remember, you might remember that you and I discussed this a good six months ago, seven months ago, and said, let's go fast forward after the election when the House flips. Uh, what's going to happen? They're going to flip not just the House, they're going to flip the script, and you're going to see exactly that. And so once again, it's whose ox is getting gored. Right. But you're saying if you are counsel for somebody who may be currently incarcerated for January 6th or and and they're trying to come down with the full weight of the law on on all these people and there's footage of your client being ushered in by security guard or Capitol policeman or having a barrier moved out of the way and saying, go ahead or just milling around the the halls that you as a defense attorney defending that client who's fighting for his freedom, you should have access to that. That's the definition of 
grading material. It's exculpatory. If you're charging somebody of being in a spot where they had no authority to be, trespassing, something along those lines, being, uh, take a look at the elements of the crimes that the January 6th people are being charged. If one of those elements is um, a breaking, an entering, a trespassing, a no authority, and there are tapes that now show the opposite, or even if your client isn't on there, if you can show temporally, meaning at the same time period, that there are, are authorities who are waving people in or are ushering people in. And I don't care how many pieces of footage you've got of people bashing in one side of the Capitol. You've also got on the other side of the Capitol people being ushered in. That's exculpatory. And you need to turn that over. And I know what the response will be, let me tell you, because I've been there on on many occasions. They're going to say, well, we're the executive branch. That's the legislative branch. They had it. We didn't have it. It wasn't in our possession. Right. So uh, presumably the folks that were defending the January 6th people did not have access to any of this. Presumably, and I will tell you, and I've fought this battle before, uh, they presumably, if they don't get it voluntarily from Fox News, they will subpoena Fox News and demand that uh, material get uh, uh, turned over to them. And they've got a very good argument because the material that was turned over was the legislative or came from the legislative, if the executive is wrapping themselves over, when I say the executive, the government, the Department of Justice, is they're wrapping themselves up in this idea that there's a separation of powers, they don't have authority over the legislative, that's fine. The legislative already gave it to Fox News. Fox News needs to turn it over because it's exculpatory and there isn't a First Amendment right that would trump the Sixth Amendment right to a fair trial. Wow. Well said. All right. We have 56 seconds of uh, my uh, favorite new gal on CNN uh, from uh, Georgia, but special grand jury for the Trump probe, uh, Emily Coors, I guess it would be. All right. Uh, this is the part I'm talking about, right, Gary? I sure hope so. I sure hope so, too. <laughs> and I, hope, I, I don't know if you've seen this part, Mark, but it's pretty good. After everything that you've seen, what would your reaction be if the DA decides against bringing any charges after what you've seen? I will be sad if nothing happens. Like, that's, that's about my only request there is, is for something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I'm not the judge. I'm not the lawyers. But I, I will be frustrated if nothing happens. This was too much, too much information, too much of my time, too much of everyone's time, too much of their time. Too much argument in in court about getting people to appear before us. There was just too much for this to just be, oh, okay, we're good. Bye. And if it was just a perjury charge or perjury charges, would that be acceptable to you? That's fine. I will be happy as long as something happens. <laughs> I like that she punctuates it with a laugh. So, Mark, is that how trials work? For years, Adam, for years, I, when for dying a jury, when I'm asking him questions, this is precisely what I ask jurors. Do you understand that you may sit here in this case for four to six weeks? You may hear all the evidence. Do you understand if you come back 
with either a hung jury or a not guilty. Is that going to disappoint you? Is that going to say it's a waste of your time that you didn't do something to get a conviction? Because if that's your feeling, you don't belong here. Yeah, she literally just said it was a waste of my time to sit here and listen to all this stuff and have everyone go scot-free. <laughs> yeah, do something. You know, well, doing something could be the uh, newsflash. Doing something could be we didn't have enough evidence to meet the standards for a subsequent indictment. And by the way, um, newsflash also, under the Georgia system, you're not an indicting grand jury. So what the heck are you talking about? Yeah. So is that clip going to be used as well, possibly by the defense team? That's uh, I. If I'm defending one of these people who presumably will get indicted, I'm going to lead with that, and I'm going to, I'm going to, and I'll tell you another thing that they may have to do. Mind you, this goes back to way back when um, in the Oliver North prosecution and some of these other things. If there is substantial uh, dissemination, and I say that. Uh, with the idea that, you know, just because she's appearing on CNN, given their ratings, I don't know how substantial the dissemination of the information is. I think you get more downloads um, than CNN's morning show has uh, in an entire week. But the if there, somebody on a subsequent grand jury has heard some of these things, or if it has uh, the backlash, so to speak, there is another argument there that it's tainted ab initio for the subsequent indicting grand jury. Uh, there's another case that I was talking to Gary about that I'm not sure if you've heard about, but it was, uh, I guess, a rancher on the Arizona border, maybe an elderly guy, 73, 74. George Aaron Kelly is 73. And uh, they found a illegal migrant dead on his property and they charged him with shooting that uh, migrant, um, which he says he didn't do. He says that earlier in the day, he observed migrants running across his property with large backpacks and AK 47s. And he fired warning shots that he is certain could not have struck these people. And then later in the day, this migrant was discovered and they believe he's from Nogales based on a voter card that they found on his person. Did they say someone was trying to break into his house or did he just say that he discovered this body on his on his property? But either way, the guy, this is a, an interesting time we're living in. The guy's arrested. He has the elderly wife. He wants to make bail and go. He's scared that now his elderly wife is alone on this ranch with all this illegal traffic going on it on his land. Uh, then the the judge sets the bail at a million dollars and then they start a GoFundMe page to raise the bail and then GoFundMe takes it down because I don't know why everything is politicized, but it, it all it all just is now. So I don't know if this guy's out yet and I don't know what the story was. I It's A, he didn't shoot anybody, or B, maybe there was some self-defense here, but C, doesn't seem like the old guy should be uh, rotting in jail. Apparently, GoFundMe's well, or, terms of or, service explicitly prohibit campaigns that raise money to cover the legal defense of anyone formerly charged with an alleged violent crime. 
That's a direct quote from GoFundMe. Yeah. Yeah, but what it, does legal defense, I guess, uh, is going to um, entail, entail the bail? Uh, where We still have a presumption of innocence last time I looked, except on Twitter and in other social media schools. <laughs> The presumption of innocence and somebody wanting to raise bail who, when they're uh, presumed innocent, haven't gone through a probable cause proceeding. You just have to wonder to yourself, have we really reached that stage where you just uh, you get a you hear a story, you somebody gets arrested and that's it. You're not entitled to anything. Well, and also, did they take down the GoFundMe pages for anyone who got arrested for violent crime during the BLM protest and i'm gonna go with no on trying to raise that bail so i think there's some politics involved with this one but again i'm not sure why we have to be on the side of the illegals that are breaking into the country politically but this guy there's some sort of problem we have with people defending themselves and defending their their land and i don't know gary is he out by now doesn't seem like it still uh still in there and you know i don't know if a million is is high if it seems i mean i know you went through this with kane right yeah you know for oh but you had no bail yeah, we had no bail with Kane. I was begging for a million. We finally got a million, and he bailed out. And Cal- in California, in Los Angeles County, uh, pre-cash bail or no cash bail, they had a bail schedule in L.A. County, and uh, murder was presumptively $1 million. And that, you know, I used to laugh because other counties, like Orange County, you get a discount. Back then, the bail schedule for murder in Orange County was only 250 That's why Gary lives down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, and you could go to other places and attempted murder would be no bail. So it's uh, it's quite a system we have. Um, so the Murdoch trial, well, any, yeah. any bow or button yeah, we want to put on that? There's, there's been quite a bit on that. I'd love to. Gary's got a couple of uh, uh, video snippets, right, Gary? Yeah, I do. We uh, the, we had a lot of testimony out of the surviving son, uh, Buster. Um, as well. By the way, I'll set this up too. Buster, as Gary said, is the surviving son. Buster has gotten quite a bit of uh, backlash, if you can believe that. I mean, his mother and his brother have been killed. His dad is uh, basically on trial for their murder. Not only that, but also is facing the rest of his life in prison for a series of embezzlements, right? So you would you would think that there would be some empathy towards this uh, young man. Uh, And he's been excoriated for sitting behind, if you can believe it, his father and supporting his father during the trial. Then people were claiming that when one of the witnesses testified, he was, he had his middle finger to his mouth and they were saying he was flipping off, if you will, the, uh, the particular witness. God forbid when he got on the stand, Twitter erupted yesterday. Gary will play some of it because the prosecution, I think, rightfully did not go after him. I mean, they had the common sense um, uh, to uh, understand that this guy is a a victim in every sense of the word. And people were just excoriating the prosecution over that. When did you first find out that your mom and brother were murdered? My um 
my dad called me. I can't I can't remember the exact time, but it was later. Um, and he called me on the phone. He asked me if I was sitting down, and I was like, "Yeah." And then he, you know, sounded odd, and then he then he told me that that my mom and, and brother had been shot. And what'd you do? Well, Brooklyn, my girlfriend was with me, and I, I think she heard the. Um, she could hear my conversation kind of over the phone, and so she just started packing packing stuff, and I I kind of just sat there for a minute. And I was I was in shock, but eventually we got our stuff together and and um, drove down to Moselle. Well, um. So the prosecution doesn't want to drill down on this guy because you're going to get sympathy for him. I mean, just what interests would be vindicated in people? Yeah, I mean, you should see some of the clown squad that is sitting and excoriating. I mean, who am I to defend the prosecution? But they they played it right, and uh, and uh, I uh, sorry if this. This son uh, has, presumes innocence of his father and is supportive of his father. Uh, I mean, I, I it's just mind-boggling me. By the way, going back to a couple of episodes ago, when uh, we were playing that video of they they did him. What was the expression? They shit him up. Shit him up. Yeah, yeah. The, they, they, they shit him up. Uh, the, this kid, uh, there was uh, something similar to talking about what they did. And they, and by the way, interestingly, the the one thing that I, and we talked about this, Adam, the when the prosecution, in the prosecution's case, they put on somebody who said there were two different guns that each. Mm-hmm. Right. We saw that. Each, right. Now, the the defense put on a witness that testified that whoever shot was shooting at a height of five foot two. And the defendant, Alec Murdaugh, is six foot four, uh, substantially more. So either was kneeling or was uh, or it was somebody shorter. But the fact remains what nobody has explained to me uh, and what I would be all over if I was defending is. How in the world and why hasn't the prosecution explained why there's two guns, why the trajectory of the bullets were were going on an upward trajectory, and why the uh, if somebody was kneeling, why were they kneeling at the point, and why were the two victims face facing the shooter as opposed to one of them either turning, running, or or trying to flee. None of that makes sense to me. Well, all stuff we'll get to in subsequent episodes. For now, you can see me March 9th, Las Vegas, at uh, Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club. I'll be up there. And uh, then uh, Naples, Florida, coming up uh, off the hook. That'll be March 24th and uh, 25th. Maybe Ricardo will come out, make the pilgrimage. Mark? Mark, what do you got? I've got, if you're in uh, New York City, go down to Dirty Taco at Grand Central or Prova Pizzeria. If you're in Times Square, go by Love Pizza. And if you're in L.A., uh, take a uh, stop by LAX for uh, Engine Company 28 or in downtown L.A. So, till next time, Adam Kroloff. For Mark, hard out, soft taco, Garagas, saying, 
Mahalo. Thanks for listening to Reasonable Doubt. Tune in next Saturday for an all-new episode. This is Corolla Digital. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couples retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. Hi, I'm Caitlin Van Maal, host of I Survived. If you enjoy I Survived, we are excited to announce a new launch. Starting November 15th, we'll be reposting our classic episodes from season one of I Survived. We hope to reach a whole new audience with these important stories of survival. And for those of you who have been with us since the beginning, we think these powerful episodes warrant another listen. Starting November 15th, look out for those episodes and more news from I Survived.